Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, welcome to another week of banter. We've got Brian Codrington here with us this afternoon after a really fantastic sermon yesterday. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Murray. Good to Thank hear. You. Good to hear. What uh, was the weekend for you outside of preaching on Sunday? What do you guys get up to? Well, we had um, after church on Sunday, we had a early, a week early, a celebration of Lynn's birthday. Awesome. Because we'll be away. Um, Indeed. At a, uh, a wedding next week. Yeah. Yeah. The wedding of the century. A wedding of the century, I believe. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So we'll be away there. And so the family came down yesterday afternoon. Um, obviously, our daughter Sarah um, couldn't be down, but she joined us via, via FaceTime at nice. an appropriate time for the cake and everything, just so to celebrate uh, Lynn's um, birthday. Yeah, nice. So that was great. That was a so great good. afternoon. So yeah. good. I remember when I was a little kid. I don't know if your kids were into Pokemon. Mm, no, I don't think so. No? All right. Uh, they were obviously cool. The main character, Ash, used to call his mum. Okay. on like these payphones oh, yeah. and they had a screen obviously just for animation purposes more than anything I think but like he was actually FaceTiming her and I was like wow that's the future yeah, right there right. That's, okay. and now you know that's just anybody can do it for free on their phone or laptop at any time absolutely so, amazing you, know, you wonder where we're going to be in another 20 years or so don't where you? do you think we will be in another 20 years holograms oh, I've got no virtual idea. reality chats <laughs> it's a brave I'll be in the presence of Jesus in another 20 no, years no don't say that 20, you, got, you got more than 20 years left mate I'm believing it I'm, oh well actually it won't be a queen's letter it'll be a king's letter but yes. that, that's that's more yes, than 20 years right. but yes. you, you'll be getting it that's my belief yes. <laughs> that's, that's my pr- proclamation <laughs> so we kind of uh had a bit of a pastor's pick or preacher's pick mm. this uh mm. this Sunday and you kind of preached on perseverance yes uh staying the distance and obviously somewhat a little bit inspired by the story of Polycarp definitely um I'd love to just start by talking a bit about what sort of um, strikes you and, yeah, how does that affect you personally when you sort of read, hear about a story such as Polycarp, who, I mean, really suffered quite a horrific fate mm, mm, um, and mm. not um, a standalone in the history of Christianity even today? Um, yeah, mm. what kind of goes through your head when you hear stories like that? Admiration. Mm. Um Resolve mm. um, uh, from their point of view, uh, a challenge mm. um, to me and about the depth of my commitment. Yeah. Um, a question um, about how I would um, endure yeah. um, in the face of opposition, such as um, Polycarp, mm. um, you know, endured and not just Polycarp, but others right down through church history. Yeah. Um, and so, you know. Uh, I'm very aware that for us in this country, um, where we have had freedom, um, that um, it's one thing to proclaim Jesus and mm. it's another thing to speak about persevering and mm. enduring persecution. Mm. But largely that's untested in yeah. terms of what it's like. I'm not saying we're not called to endure it each and every day and sure. that we don't go through tests each and every day. Mm. But yesterday we had the opportunity to um, see the situation in Iran and, um, and 
while that wasn't directly related to a Christian persecution, um, it was more about you know the moral police um, you know, the, the, and the murder over um, a uh, a lady. Um, but we know that throughout our world there is a persecution um, sure. of Christians who simply are persecuted for their faith. Mm. So the question for me is, how would I go in such situations? So yeah, admiration for those that do it, as I said, uh, and challenge for how would I respond in that situation? Mm. And how am I persevering now, mm. Um, mm. given you know what I face now? It's really fascinating, the um, sort of persecution or martyrdom of Polycarp. Mm. Um, I sort of read in, in church history had quite a profound effect moving forward to the point where um, a lot of Christians sort of in the first century started to see martyrdom as almost another sacrament and mm. maybe mm. the most mm. holy of the sacraments, mm. you know, the sort of mm. baptism, Eucharist yeah. and persecution being and martyred. Um, there's a story that I, I read, I have no recollection now of what historian was writing it, but um, of a Christian being martyred in a city square mm. and other ma other Christians stepping in and also wanting to be martyred, almost like it was such an honour to yes. be martyred. And yes. indeed, people yes. who had been martyred were really elevated in that church community yes. of people that it was something very special and almost a spiritual element that we sort of mm. saw again in the video was uh, who knows exactly the, the finite details of exactly what it looked like but the way it's retold by the early church fathers definitely as a as a holy sort of yeah. thing that yeah. you know Paul calls us to you know give our bodies as living sacrifices exactly it's a pretty uh, exactly. literal example of what that can <laughs> a look literal like. example but it's also the reality that the church flourished yeah um, you know, when the gospel was preached and persecution broke out, mm. you know, and there was martyrdom. I mean, let's, you know, Stephen, the first martyr, mm. um, perhaps. And then um, and then what happened is that, you know, they, they spread again and they mm -hmm. and the gospel was again preached. Yeah. And it was just the way that the early church grew was yeah. in the in the face of persecution totally there's that mm. famous uh Chichulian quote which says the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church exactly right you know that exactly it was something that. which yeah. actually if anything made the church stronger mm. so in that what do you think we as modern christians and i think we've already sort of suggested it but what do you think we maybe almost miss out on in living in dare i say a pretty easy time historically for christians what are we missing um, in in lives which are seemingly pretty easy still to be Christians, say, comparatively. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? I think we're probably missing the um, the real examination of the depth of our faith. Mm. Um, you know, um, do I really believe what mm. I say I believe? Sure. Um, we, we are missing the, the testing of our faith mm. and in some ways the refining of our faith in mm. terms of that level of testing. That's good. Um, because, you know, when we look at James, you know, okay, why do these things happen? You know, this perseverance is going to produce endurance. Mm. And, and the whole thing is, is refining, just as gold is refined in fire. Yeah. And so um, I think there's an aspect of that where um, we, are, we are missing that refining. Now, let me just clearly say this, Murray, I'm not longing. <laughs> sure. For, to for be that type sicked of on by lions or okay. lit on fire, you're not I'm not, I'm not longing for sure. that, but I recognise that in the absence of that, there is an element of the depth of refinement of my faith. 
and the and I, I think of you know the the ten boom sisters who were in that you know um, concentration camp and 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 the way that they endured and they mm. you know they took hold of the Bible and the promises of the Bible and they endured that and mm. were able to to come out and to to have a view of life um, that is is totally beyond my ability to, mm. to comprehend. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think James actually puts it really well in the passage that you quoted from one James two to four. Mm. He kind of finishes that section mm. by saying, "Perseverance must finish its work, yes, yeah. um, so that you may be mature, mature. Yeah. and complete, not lacking anything." And I, mm. I think that that can be for some people a part of it that a lack of persecution yes. and thereby need for a, a really high level of perseverance in faith mm. uh, leads to a somewhat lacking of spiritual maturity mm. um, uh, yeah it's it's something which I definitely think about and yeah sort of consider about what it looks like today um, with the way that the church in the West and let's just even say Australia I'll make mm. it a bit more specific mm. responds to persecutions which are still prevalent um, mm. obviously we were talking just before we started about Andrew Thorburn and you sort yes, of mentioned yes. him in your sermon yeah. Um, yeah there's sort of a lot of different layers to that um, and probably uh, two, two people who aren't fully qualified to comment on it That's right, yeah. but uh, as, as much as you know two guys just trying to, <laughs> to have our take on it how do you sort of respond then in light of this conversation around persecution and the lack thereof and the value that it can have in that situation with Andrew Thorburn and the Essendon Football Club what I find so um, interesting about that case is that this wasn't even, um, you know, his, his, the ultimatum that he was given. Yes. Which was either um, resign as a CEO of the Essendon Football Club yeah. or resign as chairman of your church mm. um, was as a result not of a sermon that he had preached. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Or even any declaration that he had signed. That that he had made in any way. It was someone trolling through records, probably going to look for a reason um, to challenge him. Control find homosexuality, control find. That's exactly right. Um, To to go and to frame um, him in such a way. So that is that is a very interesting case, and and it's it's one of those that I I just can't fully comprehend. I mean, mm. I can see people like the case of Israel Falau, mm. who came out with a comment, and I, and mind you, he was really quoting aspects of the Bible. Mm. Um, sure, very hard aspects of the Bible, mm. um, but um, you know, this wasn't Andrew Thorburn's um, case. He sure. wasn't he wasn't doing any of that. It was just his association. So it's almost a, a, a persecution, if you like, mm. by association. Mm. So I, that's what I find is, is the most confusing element of all of that. Mm. And I've, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, he's representing, he was going to be representing an organisation who was totally inclusive about all these elements, mm. that, that his church were totally railing against and saying was not... Um, a a positive life choice. Mm. Um, so, you know, there were there were two conflicting issues. So, how can he hold a position in two of those conflicting issues? Um, I've got no other comment to, to make about that, really, mm. except to Just say, in case you sort of run for politics later. No comment. Yeah, no comment. No, comment. <laughs> no, that's right. Getting ready there, um, but and that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> 
I wouldn't last long. I actually say very much what's on my mind rather than what I um, think people want to hear. Uh, so for that reason, I, um, I find it very hard to understand that com complete case. And I, I don't think there's much more I can say about it except to say I think, as I said in the sermon, we are getting so woke in terms of what is mm. acceptable mm. for someone to even be associated with not yep. to articulate or necessarily um, believe themselves, but yeah. to be associated with. So th there are these, you know, moral police that are running around. Yeah. And who they are, I've got no idea, except Often to say, faceless, I think. <laughs> except to say that for me, this shows that we are in a spiritual battle, um, and yeah. um, and we've always been in a spiritual battle. But I think this spiritual battle is um, starting to uh, rage mm. and um, and we need to be prepared for it. Mm. So just obviously to launch pad off that, mm. should Andrew Thorburn consider it pure joy that he's suffering trials of many kinds right now? Should that should that be that should that be the response and should that be our response in some ways as a Christian community? I, I, I don't know Andrew Thorburn, sure. but I think if w I was to speak to him, he probably would not be um, really, really upset by it. Yeah, I think um, what he was really saying that I read was it's going to be hard for a Christian to live out their faith in the public square. Yeah. And that was also his decision well, to yeah. put his faith first. He was given the option. He yeah. was given the option. So he could have you know, decided which way to, to, to jump. Mm. Now, I don't know whether he's paid for his role at, um, at, at chairman of his, of his church, sure. but the uh, information I heard was it was an $800,000 job um, to be the CEO of the Essendon uh, Football Club. Sure. Now, you know, if he's decided to renege that on the basis of what was most important to him, mm -hmm. I would imagine he should be and will be feeling pure joy. Yeah. You know, this is the depth of my faith. Yeah. This would be my that'd be my attitude. Well, do I say, you know, do I believe what I say I believe? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if that's what it takes, well, yeah, mm -hmm. I I'm I'm happy to suffer. Mm-hmm. For the gospel, mm. uh, you know, it's just a sign of what's going to happen. It's good. It's good. You um had the comment as well around um, C.S. Lewis's um, I suppose uh, quote mm. around how we view God, uh, mm. and I might just read it back, uh, mm. and then we can kind of talk about it. Bit of a famous C.S. Lewis quote. He says, "We want not so much a father in heaven as a grandfather in heaven, whose plan for the universe was such that it might be said at the end of each day, a good time was had by all." I should very much like to live in a universe which was governed on such lines, but since it is abundantly clear that I don't, and since I have no reason to believe, oh, nevertheless, that God is love, I conclude that my conception of love needs correction. I'd love to kind of hear your personal journey on what maybe a um, early conception of maybe simplistic love even looks like, and how as you've continued to mature in your faith, what your conception, how your conception of love has sort of morphed and changed and matured. And we're talking about love in the context of my relationship with God and not necessarily love in the context of my relationship with my wife. Well, I don't think the two have to be completely mutually exclusive, <laughs> but you know, I'll leave it to your discretion. Yeah, good. Well, let me just start with the one that might, it might just get too deep for some people if I get on with my relationship with Lynn. Um, let me just say that, uh, I think there's a perception, and even for me, when you were younger, when I was younger, 
let me make these I statements. Almost a picture of that, um, yeah, God has got a good life for you, mm. all planned. And um, and I believe that, after all, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, mm. you know, these are plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And so we can grab hold of that and we can almost think that, bring in the grandfather, mm. that this is a... Um, this is a love that is going to be demonstrated um, to us by God mm. that um, has no pain associated with it, mm. that has no discipline mm. or guidance associated with mm. it, that is like a grandfather who's always going to be the loving one that can buy the ice creams and yep. all those types of things, you yep. know, um, you know, and, and do everything. But there's no discipline in that. It's almost sure. like when the child has to be disciplined, give it back to the kids. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. Now yep. I haven't had to do that because my little bloke Reuben, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just a little angel at the moment. Um, but then again, he, he's only just turned one. Um, so there's this perception. There was for me that, gee, I'm going to follow Jesus because that plan he's got for me is a good one. And there wasn't necessarily the absence of any belief that there would be pain but there wasn't the association of a journey um, of God with pain I think the first time that I really started to experience something like that was when um, I, I uh, severed my ACL um, and went into hospital and ended up with a staph infection um, which surfaced about five weeks later, mm. and they told me I was very close to death. They wanted to know if they wanted to, you know, I wanted to preach to come and pray for me. And I said at that stage, no, I've got some fellows from church coming mm. and and praying over me, and and they did, and they anointed me with oil. And it was interesting that at that stage, my my mum walked in and she gave me some little lands down Bible study notes that that the verse was basically saying, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Mm. And um, and so there was, uh, and it was also on the other side of it was the fact that God would actually um, take the hard situations of life to refine my character mm. and to grow me as an individual. Mm. And I needed to have faith in God doing that mm. for my benefit yeah. and recognizing that even though this was a hard situation of life, mm. this was part of God's refining nature mm. and and Him wanting to knock the edges off me mm. and and actually develop a trust in mm. me simply to walk and to say lord i don't know what you're doing mm. but i trust you in this mm. and um and that was you know i um that was 1987 so i was 31 at the time but um i can remember in that in that period of time just being so challenged about do i believe what I say I believe mm. and in the midst of my hardship and and this battle in life do I trust God mm. and is he a good God mm. you know so I was going through these things and I, and that was a very um, refining time for me and so mm. I, I look back at that and I think yeah that's when I really learned because I didn't know whether I was going to be um, you know finishing my existence here on earth Sure. Or overcoming that, you know, that staph infection with God's mm. help, and it was one of those things that, um, yeah, shaped who I was, mm. and then um, and who I am, uh, and and who I know God to be. Mm. That's great.
I think I um, have maybe been overly judgmental in the past with preachers who've always gone to analogies of them being a father themselves or a mother themselves to give a bit of a look yeah, into yeah, the yeah, nature yeah. of God and us. But I just couldn't help but think how um, one of M's cousins was talking about, you know, you do your kid a disservice, even as a little infant, mm. Um, if you don't let them figure stuff out themselves, yes, you yes, know, so yeah. if you're constantly grabbing the thing that's just out of reach for them, if yep, you're constantly, yep. you yep. know, saying, oh, you know, saying the word that they're trying to say themselves or whatever, they mm. don't learn, they mm. don't mature, mm. they don't grow. Mm. Um, and I think in mm. a sort of smaller way, it is kind of this beautiful analogy of how much when we sort of are given that space to need to extend ourselves, whether it's through our own faith yes. and trusting God, whether it's yeah. growing, you know, in a certain maturity, whether it's, you know, mm. emotional or mental mm. or even mm. maybe physical, um, that's truly when maturity and growth um, and progress is made. It's really, yeah. really fascinating because I think that we, um, yeah, are sort of in a culture now which is all about pleasure. Yes. Trying to minimize yep. as much pain as exactly. possible and trying exactly to increase right. pleasure as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. So the thought that there's a God who may in seasons allow us to endure pain yes. um, is, yeah, sort of, it, it goes against our very worldview. It does. For but some that's people, the point of yeah, life. You they know? would see that as abhorrent. Why believe yes. in a God that's going to allow us to go through pain? Yeah. You know, isn't God meant to deliver us from that? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that misses um, exactly what James um, yeah. James one's talking about. Yeah. I mean, at the same point, at the same you know time, I think that most people could probably agree the sentiment of no pain, no gain yeah, sort sure, of thing. And sure, I think that is right. something yeah. that when people yep. start to actually think about it, it's like, oh, okay, I probably can get behind that a little bit. There is some inherent wisdom there. I want to finish up by um, reading this quote that you used from the Ragamuffin Gospel yes, with Brendan yes. Manning. I have to yeah. read this book i really liked this quote yeah. um he wrote my personal experience of the relentless tenderness of god mm. came not from mm. exegetes theologians mm. and spiritual writers but from sitting still in the presence of the living word and mm. beseeching him to help me understand with my head and my heart his mm. written word sheer scholarship alone cannot reveal to us the gospel of grace we must never allow the authority of books institutions or leaders to replace the authority of knowing Jesus Christ personally and directly. When the religious views of others interpose between us and the primary experience of Jesus as the Christ, we become unconvicted and unpersuasive travel agents handing out brochures to places we have never visited. Well, a lot of that's a real dense kind of quote there. What was it for you that really stood out that you wanted to sort of use that in your sermon? And yeah, what, what really resonated with you the most in that? The fact that our, our experience of God had to be, it had to be an experience, mm. um, not just scholarship. It's not just an intellectual, intellectual ascent mm. to, um, you know, to um, the words of scripture. Mm. And, it's, and it's not just um, looking at the writings um, of others and and all their scholarship and all those things, but it's actually sitting still and saying, Lord, what does this mean for me? Mm. And and if this is what you were saying in this mm -hmm. situation about life, how can I take hold of that in my life? How can you change my life to bring about change? Mm. Um, because it all comes down, um, you know, to experience. Um, obviously there's got to be some understanding of what that experience is about as well. But sheer scholarship alone, mm. you know, is not enough. And and I can 
go through, as, as I mentioned yesterday, um, my own journey with, with the Lord because I was brought up in a Christian home. I was brought up in a loving Christian home with parents who taught me the, um, the relevance of God's word to mm. life and the importance of God's word for my life. Mm. So I was encouraged to read the Bible. Mm. I was encouraged to memorize scripture, mm. um, which is a wonderful thing. But I was able to do all those things mm. and still not have experienced Jesus. Yeah, well. You know, I could quote scripture. Um, actually, it's a funny situation. Um, about 1972 or thereabouts, I can remember being at school and, and Hal Lindsay had just written a book called The Late Great Planet Earth. And it was all about the second coming of Jesus. And I read this book and I got so carried away with it that I thought, yep, yeah, okay, I can see how all this is going to end, you know. It's all based around Daniel, Revelation, the whole works. And um, I started to talk to mates at, at school about it. You know, you ought to read this book. You know, after all, Jesus is real, you know, and this this is the way these things are going to unfold and the whole works. And it was such a, it was so interesting. I became like this, an unconvicted and unpersuasive travel agent handing out brochures to a place I'd never been. I was trying to introduce people to Jesus based on what was going to happen at the end times, talking about life with Jesus and how things would be different. But I didn't really have a relationship with Jesus mm. myself. Mm. I just knew about this and I'd read this scholarship mm. on this matter mm. and thought, this is a great book, read it. You mm. know, you need Jesus. Mm. And I'm thinking, hang on. Now I look back and I think, hang on. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ myself yeah. as I now do. Yeah. My heart hadn't been changed by the Spirit of God. Mm. And so... Um, Interesting, and that's why that has grabbed me so much because mm. I can look back and see that, you know, um, I can see the importance of experiencing Jesus. And it's been hard for me in many ways because I'm an activist by, mm. by nature. Mm. So I'm a doer. Mm. I'm not someone that sits and meditates necessarily mm -hmm. on God. I, my experience of, of the living God um, is um, is one that is journeys out with, like you know, to go out into a situation and say, Lord, as I journey here, even in this conversation with someone, mm. might I see you present? Mm. You know, mm. um, just just come with me and open my eyes, mm. um, you know, to what's going to be said and what's mm. going to journey forth here. So that aspect of it, rather than just sitting down and reading a book, I got. But when I say I'm an activist, there are times when I don't sit long enough just to meditate and to experience God's grace and mercy, to be able to take all that in. Um, I'm more likely to be reading a book and saying, oh, yeah, that's great, up and off for the day. Mm. Um, almost sounds like a contradiction in terms, but they're, um, yeah, they're all closely related. Yeah. I mean, I think... Um Obviously, the the journey is mm. important. It's mm. not just about getting from A to B. Mm. Um, but I could imagine somebody listening to this right now and mm. thinking, "Yeah, my my faith is very head, yes, yes, <laughs> and not enough heart, or maybe even hands." Yes. Um, what would be your advice to them? What would have been mm. your advice to your younger self? 
um, yeah. for somebody who maybe wants that to be, you know, not just handing out travel brochures to a place they've never been, but to take the trip themselves, what would your advice be to them? Very interesting question because um, I think it, I think it really is sitting and saying, Lord, I read this passage of scripture today. I read this book. How does this speak into me? Come Holy Spirit. Mm. Come Holy Spirit and change me. Change my way of thinking. Um, change my behavior. Um, fill me. Mm. Fill me and keep filling me with your spirit that I might be different. Mm. Um, so for me, it's an experience of, of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, and... Uh, and it's asking God to continually change us. If I was to look back, it would be no one situation except the writing of Brendan Manning um, was one of those things that had me really examining myself and um, and asking that God would just continue to, to shape me. I can remember being on a plane at one stage. I'm sitting down and reading um, one of the books and um, I was just weeping. It was almost like the Spirit of God had met me right there. I was in the window seat and I'm thinking, what's this person in the middle seat going to be thinking? you know? But I was reading this and I'm thinking, Lord, you are convicting and you are presencing yourself with me right now and it's not the best place for this to happen, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 36,000 feet next to someone I don't even know and they'll be thinking I've just left my long lost loved one there and I'm never going to see him again. They'll be wondering whether I'm all right. It was, it was just meeting God there. And I've had different experiences like that mm. at different times mm. when almost like God's presence mm. with me has been overwhelming, mm. absolutely overwhelming. Mm. So I don't think there's any formula except mm. to be praying mm -hmm. that the word I study mm. might be the word that I experience. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely think um, it can be a bit of a tricky thing, right, to know how to, um, I don't want to say get to that next level, but how mm. to integrate that area of your life uh, yeah. with, with your faith. Um, yeah. I know, um, actually, our, my soon-to-be brother-in-law, Alex Jones, was mm. sort of reflecting on what his youth pastor growing yes. up sort of used to do, which was take them away on mission trips. Yes, yes. Um, and he said this really interesting thing. He said, um, Luke, his old mm. youth pastor, would intentionally strip them of sort of, you know, all of their yep. sort of... Um, I don't know, comfortable sort yes, of yeah. crutches, I yes, suppose, yeah, yeah. Um, so that all they had to rely on was Jesus. Yeah, yeah good. Uh, and I think there's something to say there about stepping out in something yep. that is bigger than you yes. and needing God yep. yes, in it. no doubt about um, it. I think that that could definitely be a encouraging sort of yeah. springboard yeah. into that. But um, yeah. I think ultimately it's, it's that thing, it's... It's like asking somebody, how do you get have a good marriage? Mm. You know, mm. it's about investing in it daily. That's right. It's about growing in it over time. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, people yeah. don't just get through 40, 50, 60 years of marriage in the click of a button. It's, no, that's right. It's a daily thing. And I think the other thing, too, it, it, and it's interesting that, um, you know, um, your soon-to-be brother-in-law, Alex, has basically said that because... Um, 
you know, mission trips have been a, a, a situation in my life where the same things have happened. You have been in a situation which is completely foreign, which is unknown. Many ways you're thrown into the deep end um, and you are simply saying, Lord, yeah, walk with me, mm. open my eyes. I think the other thing also is that with the different personalities we have, mm. God meets us and leads us in different ways. That's good. And and so um, that's why I don't want to be, you know, didn't want to be too prescriptive about, mm. okay, well, this is what a person could do. Yeah. Because... I recognise that for me, this has been a, a journey where God has kept on opening my eyes in different ways, mm-hmm. um, you know, to see him move and to see him work and 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 just to learn the value of prayer and the way that God does guide and, and use. I can remember, for example, when I finished, um, when I finished uh, high school, um, how long have we got, Murray? No, got as, got, as, got as long as you want. Got no, as long as you I'll want. Take, I'll take three minutes. Okay, sounds good. Okay, three minutes. Don't let the listeners and, um, down. No, no, I won't. Okay, I won't let it down. I'll be two minutes and 58 <laughs> seconds now. Okay, so I got the offer to uh, take up PE teaching and um, and thought, no, no, I'm going to take up this. Um, I thought, no, I'm not going to go and, and uh, you know, study um, at, at Teachers College. Um you know, for that um, without any pay for these years. And then what became attractive to me was this um, business studies degree um, with a sandwich pattern of attendance. And the sandwich pattern of attendance was, you know, you would work for six months of the year. Then you would go and uh, and do study for six months of the year. You would go and find an employer that would have you for the next six months. And you would work your way through six years of study, but you would effectively be actually um, getting your three-year degree at the same time. And yeah. I went in to enrol in this course and um, I said now to the lady that took it, um, took my papers, I said now which um, <clears throat> which semester do I study and which semester do I have a job? And she, and go and get a job. And she said, oh, I'm sorry, that on that offer, mm-hmm. that was incorrect. That doesn't apply to your um, course at all. It only sure. applies to engineering. Sure. Um, what you know you've just enrolled in is uh, full-time study. That's how they get you. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I said, oh, um, that's not what I plan to do. Um, and she said, okay. Well, and I said, look, I think I'll go back and I'll take up a, a, a PE teaching scholarship. And um, and she said, oh, okay. So I left. And that was in town. That was in the um, Institute of Technology. Now the University of Technology in the big tower there at Central. So mm. I drove all the way back home to where we lived at West Pennant Hills. And as I walked in the door, Mum said, how'd you get on? I said, oh, well, I didn't really. Um, you know, I went in there and uh, so I told them to shelve it because I wasn't <laughs> going to do it. And um, and she said, oh, did you pray about that? <laughs> and I said, no, not really. <laughs> so I went into my room and I, I just, for the first time I can remember kneeling down mm-hmm. the first time since I was a little kid and saying, Lord, I really don't know what to do with my life. What mm-hmm. is it that you're wanting me to do? Um, how do I know what you, where you're really leading me? Mm-hmm. Um, so, And believe it or not, straight away I walked out, hopped in my car, I drove back in, I walked in the door. Now, this lady had a 100 different people walking in to mm-hmm. enrol. Mm-hmm. She saw me come in, mm-hmm. without exaggeration, she held up the papers. Mm. And I thought, if ever there's a confirmation that this is what I'm meant to be doing, mm. this is it. So I walked up, 
<laughs> enrolled in that course. Mm. Ended up doing you know two years full time study, and then I converted to two years part time. Yeah. Um, uh, Made your own sandwich to, model to feed my own sandwich <laughs> model. But it was interesting. It was just it was an illustration for me of the fact that I needed not just to read about oh yeah, God's got a plan for my life, mm. but actually take all those things to Him mm. and to see His provision. And it would have been very easy for me to stay back mm. at West Pennant Hills mm. and think, oh, well, what's done is done. Mm. But there was this, you know, driving force yeah. for me to get back in. And to have that lady hold that up was for me a confirmation that, yeah, yeah this is the path I want you to go, Brian. Mm. You know? So that was the experience I'm talking about. Awesome. It's, it's, it's kind of and, and then being being open to see God lead in all these different ways. Mm. Thanks for sharing that, Brian. It's really encouraging. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I see you checking your watch. Yeah, look, I, I might have to edit it down. No, it was really good. It was really, really good. And I think that that's the thing, isn't it? I think when we're listening to God in those big moments mm. and also I think taking those, those steps of faith with him, listening mm. faithfully. Um, really, really helpful. And I know that people listening today will have found that super encouraging. I think, um, yeah, our, our prayer for everyone going into this week is, one, thinking mm. about ways in which they can sit and contemplate at times. Yep. Yep. Two, thinking of ways in which they are maybe being called to step into things which are a bit scary. Uh, and three, recognizing that the things that they're traveling with in their life at the moment um, are hard and difficult yes, yeah. uh, but also that there's a bigger and greater plan that yeah. God has for maturity um, I like the way you put it to define and refine us mm, I like that mm, mm. <laughs> well thank you for the chat Brian well, thank really you, appreciate Marie. it we um, usually end an episode of banter by talking about what the uh, preacher is speaking about this week but Keith Jobbins is preaching this week and I, I don't exactly know what he's preaching on this is the, well, the magic of the, the preacher's pick well the great thing about it is whatever Keith preaches on will be a very good and challenging message. Absolutely. So, so we look forward right. to hearing from it. We do. Well, Brian, thanks again for the chat and, and thank thanks you. for listening. Thanks. Thanks, Marley. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.